cabbages? What kind of slum do you think this is? The cat's here. She's under our desk. She may very well end both of our lives. Uh, We do not know what she wants. She hasn't made any demands yet. But until she does, we are hostages. So we'll sit here and record this podcast. Hi, everyone. I'm Zach. And I'm Alex. This is My Cabbages, an Avatar podcast. No, My Cabbages. So we, uh, this is episode six, everyone. (laughs) We've been doing this for five episodes. We have now been in quarantine for going on eight weeks. It's, Can you uh, tell? It's been a while. I would think that the people that do radio in Cora, they're probably ever kind of airbenders, right? Because they're bending waves, like radio waves. I mean, you know, I promise you mm-hmm. someone, some, some nerd in his garage in the Avatar universe on his ham radio Feels super, super special. I'm, I'm an airbender. Not really, but I mean, I am bending air. <laughs> I'm so clever. <laughs> I don't know why I was so mean to that fictional character just now. Jeffrey, I'm sorry. You know, pursue airbending. Maybe, who knows? Maybe one day you'll discover that you can do it. We've been having lots of fun on Twitter. Uh, I've been making, rep- I've been retweeting cool stuff. I've been following people, mostly in the hopes that they'll follow me back, but also because they have an avatar. Uh, avatar. If you have, listen, if you have an avatar, avatar, I will add you. I will follow you. Into the dark. Into the darkness of that is Twitter. The human soul. The darkness of the human soul that is Twitter. I will, I will walk through the broken glass and the pile of bodies that is Twitter. This got dark really quickly. So what episode is this, babe? This is uh, Avatar The Last Airbender, book one, episode five, episode six. Avatar The Last Airbender, book one, episode six, <laughs> Imprisoned. Or as I like to call it, Scared Straight Bending Edition. I went with uh, Benders and Chains. Also good. Also good. These kids are going to learn a lesson and, well, they might just be in chains too. We start out this episode. We have literally the exact same first note. I want the viewer, I want the readers to take note of this. Beautiful watercolors is yeah. what we start with. Beautiful, beautiful watercolors. This this environment painting is gorgeous. It's clearly on some, some very nicely textured paper. They are very earthy tones. Mm-hmm. It's a very reserved palette. It's beautiful. It's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful painting. Anyway, we come in in medias res. Sokka has just returned from a very dangerous mission where he has uh, collected a bunch of random debris. Well, what is this, bir- bird seed? It is random debris. I found it in my carpet. I don't know what humans eat. He's a hunter-gatherer, and Aang and Katara can bend, so Sokka has to pull his weight somehow, so he resorts to the one that gathers and their, all of their food and provides. Aang and Katara ask what's for dinner, and Sokka's like, We've got a few options. Oh, you know, we got some brown nuts, we got some <laughs> round Nuts and some kind of oval-shaped nuts. I got a, a harvest bounty here for ya. We've got brown nuts. We've got cashew nuts. We've got rock nuts, which 
Well, these are just rocks, but they look like nuts. <laughs> he's, uh, he's very clearly not found anything to eat. Uh, grape nuts. He's trying to upsell a bunch of junk to Team Avatar, and they ain't buying. Honestly, grape nuts would remind me of rocks. Did you ever had grape nuts growing up? They were that really... I have really no idea what you're talking about right now. Grape nuts are those really nasty brand of... Uh, can I, like can I guess what they mean? Can yeah. I guess what they mean? It sounds like a, a medical condition. Grape nuts. It sounds like you'd be like, hey, did you hear about Frank? Oh, what did the doctors say? Oh, Betty, it's terrible. He's got grape nuts. He's got six weeks... Grape nuts. They might be rocks. So we see Momo take one of these rocks and he, and he bashes it against the ground in like a, 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 a moment of defiance. And then suddenly a loud crash is heard throughout the forest. And we get our second confirmation of Fire Lord Momo. The only theory that I will entertain in this discussion is Fire Lord Momo. You should see the charts folks there's they're everywhere red everywhere i am out of house. red yarn there's no more of it left no and then it happens again <laughs> momo slams a nut on the ground and we're all just quite curious and well, fire lord momo confirmed you, we see momo do it once and it's like all right coincidence and then he does it a second time, and it's like, Fire Lord Momo confirmed. I mean, wh- like, what else is there? He, he he replicated the results. If you can replicate the results... Then it's science. Then it's science, folks. Uh, uh, <laughs> of course, then this then prompts Aang and Katara to be like, yeah, we got to investigate. And they just so happen to, uh, simultaneously to Momo causing giant cracks in the forest... They just so happen to find an earthbender nearby. It's completely unrelated. There's nothing to do with it at all. Uh, Sokka, who seems to be the only voice of reason amongst the group, is asking, Shouldn't we run away from huge booms, not toward them? And I am 100% with you, Sokka. Sokka has been, he's been a very black and white character up until this point. He is either a rude, sexist douche or the only sensible character in the entire episode. (laughs) And in this one, he is the latter. He is the only person that makes any goddamn sense, and we'll definitely get into why later on. Then they encounter this young man who is apparently an earthbender. Katara rightfully swoons. She has a weird kink for tragic backstories and long hair. Oh, so uh, you mean she was a fan of the Beatles? Uh, Yeah, I mean, I mean, sure. Sorry, well, would, I would have played off that if I knew anything about the Beatles at all. <laughs> what would what would the Avatar version of the Beatles be? Or it could be the Rolling Stones. The Rolling Stones actually did. Oh, the Rolling Stones would be a great Earthbender band, yo. Oh my god, I didn't even... <laughs> here I am trying to think of, hmm, what's a good... What's Listen, a play, good we have, on a good classic rock band? We have plenty of uh we have pl- I thought of that on my own. Yeah, we have plenty of bands in the Avatar universe, folks. We got the Rolling Stones, okay, we got Earth, Wind and Fire, we got uh we got We got uh Led Zeppelin, they're metal vendors. <laughs> it's jury, can we get a jury jury? 
We'll accept it. The jury will we'll accept it. We'll accept that one. Yeah, okay. that, that, that one scans. Aang says, oh, look, an earthbender. We should go say hi. <laughs> so, you know. Do, Aang- they, do they know that earthbending is illegal in this in this part of the world? Or how, how worldly do you think they are? Because there's no, it, either they understand and they're terrible people or they have no idea and it's an honest mistake. I would probably think it's the latter. Yeah. Uh, but I'm thinking to myself, Aang obviously missed a lesson in airbender school where they tell you don't talk to strangers. Yeah. You're, you're fugitives, if I can remind you. Aang, Aang walks up and he's like, you have a penguin sledding? I don't know if there's any penguins around here, but we can fly on some with my sky bison. You know, the, the sky bison, the kind that airbenders use with my airbender robes that I have on and my air, airbender tattoos, you know, like, uh, like us airbenders. You've definitely seen an airbender before. In a world that is so unfriendly, Aang, Aang can't just, he can't just walk around trying to make friends with everyone. It's going to get them all uh, slaughtered. Katara just jumps out and screams, hello, hi. (laughs) How's it going? Hello there, I'm Katara. What's your name? The earthbender immediately runs away, rightfully so. And does this cool thing where he just kind of flips his hands down and uh, like avalanches a bunch of boulders to, to block his path. It's very cool. Well, when he runs away... Aang and Kantara, instead of being like, oh, damn, he he ran away. Maybe we should not have done that. They reinforce their actions by saying, oh, he has to be running towards something, which is probably a town, which probably has a market, which probably has food. Yeah, they, they do a real creeper thing with it. They're like, oh, that guy was just very clearly trying to get away from us and uh, uh, showcasing his boundaries in the form of literally creating a wall of rocks. Let's follow him. I want to see where he's going. Checks out just fine. Checks out just fine. Now they, they just want to sleep in some beds, yo. Listen, we know that we're fucking fugitives on the lamb and that any firebender would happily torch us and show our bodies to the fire lord. But we want to sleep on them soft, soft beds, yo. We got to be comfy. They went to mattress firm and <laughs> mattress. here at here at mattress factory we offer the finest mattresses in the world they're better than hay and hey maybe the fire nation won't even find you and burn you alive in your sleep they're always on the search for the perfect airbnb we've established this yeah it has to be near a gym or Sokka won't stay there what is ang's requirement not only does does his airbnb need to allow pets. It needs to have a pet already. It needs to have an animal for Aang to hang out with and pet or else he's not interested in staying there. Is there a cat? Great. We're going. Uh, no, every once in a while you will come across the random Airbnb post where the person's away and you have to watch their animal for them. It's so weird. It's so weird. It's so weird. Please feed my cat. Here's the food and here's the scooper. And this is, it's like, I don't want to do your chores for you. Their cat was strangers. What happens yeah. if you just come home and, and the you, cat's the gone. gone? What are you going to do? <laughs> Must have been taken by the Fire Nation. <laughs> that cat is earthbending. Aang and Katara immediately start running after the earthbender because they have such a great sense of boundaries. 
And Sokka is all disappointed because he's like, yo, I worked hard to get those nuts. And I feel you, Sokka. You're a provider. Yeah, I hate him, too. Sokka's like, if you if you if you punch me, do I not bleed? If you bend me, do I not break? So we show up in the village and that they just followed this bender to and immediately in the background we see Aang (laughs) of course also talking to another merchant because we've established already that Aang is great with knowing not to talk to strangers yeah he I guess at some point totally steals Sokka's bag of nuts and rocks because he offers to trade nuts for this man's hat I'm like, Aang, you were just starving. Yeah, you just had no food. Priorities, man. She needs to sort out her priorities. While you were talking, I just came to the realization that Aang buys that hat so he can hide his arrow tattoo from the Fire Nation soldiers. So it actually was quite a smart move on Aang's part. We can all agree that Aang has a great sense of style. and Well, they do not know. There are Fire Nation soldiers just walking around. They don't know that, though. I still think Aang is... I'm convinced that... I'm convinced that Aang's priorities are just whack. No, I I do think that Aang bought the hat as a disguise. He's still an idiot because he, he has... Rolled, he, rolled a, he rolled a 10. He rolled... But he had... Like, yeah, he rolled a... No, he rolled a 20 because dressed in his... Air Nation robes, robes that nobody has seen for a hundred years. The Fire Nation be like, huh, maybe I should arrest that kid. Well, did all airbenders wear the same I mean, it seems like they all wear orange, right? It seems like the Earth Kingdom all wears green and the Fire Nation all wears red. We then catch up with that Earthbender and we hear, finish your tours, Haru. And Aang, oh, you're that Earthbender. You're the guy, you know, that guy that did that thing. We saw you Earthbending. (gasps) Zero chill. Aang has zero chill. So we learn the Earthbender's name is Haru. We are introduced to who we can assume is his mother, who immediately after hearing Aang just mention the words Earthbending, you would think that he had just uh, spoken Voldemort instead (laughs) of he who must not be named because this woman shudders this house Faster than someone in South Florida when they get a warning that a hurricane's a coming. She hits like Rick's panic button and. Dad, why does our house have blast shields? Trust me, Beth, you don't want to know how many answers that question has. We hear uh, someone say, Fire Nation, act natural. Oh, yeah, we hear act natural, which is uh, in itself an oxymoron, by the way. Aang, Katara, and Sokka perhaps do the most unnatural thing they can think of. Uh, So they all just pose immediately like it's the mannequin challenge. Yeah, they all have a mannequin challenge. Because once again, Aang is is addicted to to Instagram, which is the worst place for him because he's a fugitive avatar. (laughs) He really shouldn't be on social media doing mannequin challenges. This shows the true incompetency of the Fire Nation because Aang is posting all over uh, <laughs> Twitter and Instagram, like where he's at, even maybe post into the to swarm. And it's like, oh yeah, here I am. And they still can't. He's just photobombing all the fire captains. <laughs> still can't find him. Aang is leaning against a barrel smiling. Katara's gorging on some berries. 
Haru's posing like the thinker with his weirdly crossed eyes. And Sokka's looking like he's hitting on that apple. Um, (laughs) Sokka's like, I've never seen an apple so beautiful. It's round, bumpy rump. It's soft stem. This apple is my love. And I will love it until the end of my days. I love you, Apple. What's that, the moon? Hey, spoilers. <laughs> oh, sorry, spoilers. I bet he is so hungry, though, and uh, that apple is sure and a real upgrade from those nuts. Yeah, it looks a lot better than vaguely food-shaped rocks. Grape nuts. Uh, Aang's the first one to break this mannequin challenge that they're in. Uh, he tries to salvage it by going into a plank, uh, but he fails that, too, and just straight-up base plants on the ground. Yeah, Aang totally ruins the mannequin challenge. The video does not go viral. No. Probably actually loses a few followers after that, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. Um, it was but, not on fleek. It was not fetch. Uh, it was so not fetch. So not fetch. Stop trying to make fetch happen. It's not going to happen. The Fire Nation come into this store like the mob. You know, they come in with their baseball bats and their and their way too expensive sunglasses. And they're like, hey, this is a really nice uh, little shop you got here. Be ashamed if something were to happen to it, capiche? Well, you need us to protect your store, you see, because otherwise, you know, it might catch fire. You know, all this stuff, wood, wood burns real easy. They leave and... Haru's mom gets into it. She's like, we can't do earthbending. We can't do an earthbend because anybody who does our earthbend gets taken by the Fire Nation and thrown on a big barge in the middle of the ocean. And we haven't seen any of them in years. So Haru can't do an earthbend because, well, he'll get taken by the Fire Nation. Yeah, well, we get good background on the town. This town, And this is another way that the show really does a great job of building the world is we learned that This town is, they have a lot of coal reserves. And so this town is just straight in the uh, Fire Nation supply line. And these people are basically enslaved by by the Fire Nation's dependency on this resource. Yeah, so Haru has to keep his earthbending secret, but it's very vague why. And of course, Katara then comes in and has her little Hermione Granger moment of yeah, the episode. She's, she's just, she's the just got a first of many. She's just got to know better than everyone in the room. This is a, you know, activist Hermione yeah. Granger that we get. This, this is episode. Spew Hermione. So spew stands for what? The society for the promotion of elfish welfare. Yeah. So we get <laughs> activist Katara slash Hermione and, Asking Haru not to airbend isn't asking me not to waterbend. It's just part of who we are. Yeah, well, it's a very dumb line. (laughs) It is perhaps the most simple and non-example of a metaphor that I've ever heard. It's like this, this water is like a lake of wetness. It reminds me of John Mulaney when he's recounting watching Law and Order SVU. Like when someone smokes too many cigarettes. Or like when someone shops too much with credit cards. Or like when someone plays too many scratchy lotteries. Telling him not to do a thing that he likes is like telling me not to do a thing that I like. And well, that, 
I mean, I think I've made my point. And, of course, she thinks she's helping this entire time. Yeah, she's being so helpful. And she thinks all they need, you know, is a little pep talk. Yeah. uh, A little encouragement. (laughs) She's a little cheerleader. uh, And, of course. You know what these, you know these folks need? Some school spirit. Let me say, all right. Oh, yeah. School spirit. I can't hear it. We got spirit, spirit. Yes, we do. <laughs> Katara just, of course, comes in with the, the best idea that no one has thought of yet. Katara is trying to uh, justify or rationalize with this mother why <laughs> not letting Haru earthbend is crazy. And yeah. you know what? Um, I think they just need, like we said, a little team spirit. She needs just a little, yeah. you know, uh, <laughs> motivation and like showing how much of a gift that your son has. And, you know, what can the Fire Nation do that they haven't already? They could take Haru away. Katara is from an isolated tribe of people on the southernmost point of the planet. And she thinks she understands the complex sociopolitical ramifications of village-wide actions in a situation that involves many people's lives. Don't get me wrong. I mean, for a girl her age, she has seen a lot of trauma and she lost her mother. Mm-hmm. But, um, and trust me, by episode six, we get it. She won't let us forget that she's lost her mom. Mm-hmm. But I also think that Katara thinks, oh, we both have had shared some type of trauma, like right. where the Fire Kingdom has taken something from us. So therefore, my bending is what has allowed me to stand up and is now giving me agency. So why can't it do the same for you? Yeah, it's a it's a sticky situation, and it's one that... Sticky with it. It feels like we've had several growth moments, right? We had a very important growth moment for Aang when he learned that all of his people were dead. Then we get a growth moment where uh, Sokka realizes that he's got to stop being so damn sexist because there are girls out there that can kick his butt, shockingly. Then, in, in this episode, Katara has to confront her blind optimism and realize that the world is not as simple as good versus evil, that there are a lot of complex factors at play. And that's an important lesson to learn, and I think she carries it through the rest of the show. Right. This is definitely one of the you know more memorable episodes. Yeah, a lot of people remember this episode. Mm-hmm. It's 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 one of the it's one of the big ones of the first half of the first season. I think we learn. Yeah, we learn very quickly that this is uh this is no country for old benders. All of the earthbending men have been taken. Then we cut to Appa, and he looks very happy. He's he's munching on some well, munching on some hay. He is. Uh, Appa appreciation moment. I just love that little fluff ball. That, that big old and fluff ball. And of course, and he's like, I'll make sure Appa doesn't eat all your hay. Appa stops and thinks about it for a second and then yeah. he goes back to eating hay. Yeah, he doesn't give a shit. Nom, nom, nom. He's like, fuck it. Y'all can lay on me if you want. I'm uh, softer than hay. We also get a cut with Katara and she's alone with Haru. We see her heart's uh, right. you know, growing above her head as they're walking through the garden or forest. And uh, we also get backstory on Haru's father and how he was taken and, you know, really feel for the kid. And he says the only way that he really feels close to his father now is through bending. And the same for Katara, this necklace that she still holds on to, which her mother gave her. It's the only way that she feels close to her mother. And, and I think that's an important moment you know what, Katara, she's just never, she's had her heart broken in terms of loss of her family. But, you know, family love is different, of course, from romantic love. So we have this, we have this little scene and we establish that like, all right, 
Hiro's cute, but he's only one episode cute. Like, you know, he's not he's not re- he's not role reprisal cute, right? He's not Zuko cute. Let's be real. <laughs> so they have this moment and they share and it's it's sappy and Haru gives Katara some serious bedroomize. Seriously, uh, I'm not going to look up the timestamp, but uh, right before it cuts away from this scene, y'all got to go check it out. These bedroomize are real legit. <laughs> That's a real dang. That boy cute. <laughs> uh, so then they hear screaming. Uh, help! The mine. And the first thought is, it must be Fire Lord Momo. He has finally exacted his revenge on Team Avatar and just, he's burned everything to ruin. No, it's it's an old man uh, help. crushed by a cave-in. He's, he's punched his life alert. Help, I've fallen and I can't, can't get up. Yeah, and uh, based on the size of this boulder... His body would be absolutely liquefied under this thing. There's no way he would have any function below the torso at all. Haru goes up to the the doorway of this mine and he just he just looks like he's just kind of leaning up against it. And he's like, Katara, help. And she's like, you got a earth bend. And he's like, wait, but that's not a thing I can do. Shut up, Katara. What are you doing to me? She's I mean, like, there's no one around except for, you know, an old man I who mean, she conveniently very, very, very quickly he, forgets about. He, he doesn't have any. He's not. He's a harmless old. Again, there we go. Katara being so trusting. Right. right. Of just he's an old man. What harm could he possibly do? Because because we didn't learn anything last episode about old uh, men. And, <laughs> yeah. And, yeah and, and being deceiving and uh, beating a child within an inch of his life. Team Avatar, um, where history is destined to repeat itself. Katara is uh, like, oh, Haru, the only thing you can t- literally do, like there's only one way you can help. And it, I can see the numbers flying around her head. <laughs> she's just, trying to do a bunch of equations. Just like uh, in the hangover like, meme. She's like, make make rocks fly. <laughs> you, make, you make rocks go up, up. And- Earthbending style. <laughs> Oh, we're getting there. So, like Julie, he does the thing. And then the old man rats him out immediately. He's like, hey, that was, that's the guy, that's the kid that saved my life. Arrest him. Throw him in prison. Because he's a fucking prick. We hate this guy. We don't like him. We don't like old man, Do we old man Ritters. Do we this old man ever again? Uh, no, no, we don't. But uh, fuck him. Fuck his family. I bet he's a racist. Uh, fuck you, old man. He gets Haru kidnapped. He gets Haru taken. And then we cut to Team Avatar, and they're in a little, like, mini circus tent. Sokka's like, all right, we're leaving first thing in the morning, okay? As soon as the sun crests over them hills, we out of here. And Katara's like, ugh, can't we sleep in for once? Like, she, like t- she's she's currently texting, and she's like, ugh, can't we sleep in? Like, oh, my God. All she can think about is Haru. Uh, and Sokka's like, are you fucking serious? We are... Goddamn fugitives. No, we can't. No, we can't sleep in. What the fuck? Katara? Go home, Katara. You drunk. <laughs> you drunk. I will turn this guy bison around. Sokka be like, nah, sis, we gotta be hop-stepping. He's the only voice of reason here. We'll be eating fireballs for breakfast. Katara's quip back yep. is, I'd rather have balls than nuts. Well, she says, she does say, I'd rather have fireballs than nuts. 
I don't think she does. She does. She I does. listened for it this time. She definitely says She it. does. Yeah. Okay. I'd rather eat fireballs than nuts. It would be very crazy and ridiculous if she said, I'd rather have balls than nuts. Whatever. <laughs> I'd rather have balls than nuts. Katara, Avatar The Last Airbender. <laughs> but it's still, no, you wouldn't, Katara. Have you ever had a fireball? Because you haven't, because your mouth is still a mouth. So it gets to be the next day and Katara comes up in a, in a tizzy and she's like, they took Haru. They took my, they took my husbando. And Aang's like, wait, what, what did you just say? And <laughs> what? Say what? 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 What did you say? What the frick? So Sokka goes, all right, well, you know, we're never going to get to him. What, what do you want to do? And Katara's like, I've got a plan that's just crazy enough to work. Koei, but they cut back and say, what is it? You, you got to tell me. You can't just cut to the next scene and explain to me when we're there because that wouldn't make any sense, right? You you should you should tell me about it now. So let's talk this through. <laughs> yeah, let's use a whiteboard. Let's workshop this. Yeah, he pulls out like a like a pointer. So the plan that, that mm-hmm. Katara poses is a radical and bonkers one. She's like, don't worry, y'all. I'm going to get him because I'm going to get arrested. How do you figure? She's like, I'm going to get arrested for earthbending. All right, Katara. That sounds crazy. And then I guess she just doesn't tell them anything until we get to the vents or whatever. The plan is Katara is going to pretend to earthbend. They're going to put a giant boulder on an air vent. And then Aang pushes air through one vent and he'll raise the rock on the other vent. Earthbending! And then they will see her earthbending and so they will... They will take her away. They've got to sell it. They've got to make it really believable. It almost reminds me of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. It's like, the gang does a swindle. And so earthbending style. Yeah, she... Like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. <laughs> she gets into this fight with Sokka that is, it is beautiful. It's just, oh, oh. I, I could watch this scene over and over and over again. They act like the actors in the live action movie they're like oh no the village oh katara we need to go get out of my way pipsqueak how dare you call me pipsqueak no i we can't go now don't worry if any one of them comes near you i'll kill them all so the the fight they get into is awesome i love this scene because this is probably my favorite trope two characters are pretending to fight but the ammunition that they draw out of their heads is a thing they really feel and so the fight starts to become not a fake fight halfway through the fight you better back off seriously back off it reminds me of uh, tulio and miguel from el dorado and Tulio. Tulio and Miguel. When they get into their little their little tiffs with each other to get out of stuff. He gave me loaded dice. Uh. She's like, those ears are huge. Look at those things. Do herds of animals use them for shade? I bet elephants get together and talk <laughs> about how big your ears are, you giant eared Cretan. <laughs> what did you call me? You giant-eared Cretan. He- it's clever and deeply personally hurtful to Sokka yeah. because he's like, hey, 
hey, lay off. And she's like, no way. I bet you could land a plane on those things, yo. We get it. We get it. You hate my ears. Everyone knows I hate my ears. Stop it. I think we finally learned about Sokka's uh, (laughs) ears insecurities. Momo, you have some big ears. These Fire Nation soldiers watch this ridiculous display of what can only be described as Juilliard level, excellent Oscar worthy uh, acting. And they go, Oh my God. Lima, he's earthbending. Wait a minute. Momo can, Momo can earthbend, but the, the fire Lord can't earth. Babe, oh. babe, I need to, I need to, I need to consult my charts. Oh no. Oh no. I need oh to no. consult my charts. He's gone. He's gone. We're not, we're not going to see him again. So, good night, folks. This is us concluding uh, the podcast. For the I'm back. Day. I came back. I came back really quick. They see this this lemur doing this thing, and they're like, that lemur can earthbend, which, let's be real, that's an incredible leap of logic to me. And then Sokka's just like, no, you idiot, it's the girl. And they're like, oh. <laughs> and then they just buy it. They're like, oh, yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. They probably didn't have to do all this. Sokka probably could have just walked up holding Katara's, like, collar in his hand and be like, I saw her earth bend. And they'd be like, oh, of course. That would have Break been out, Shabendas. Yeah, he would have just, Break like. Break out, Shabendas. He could have just thrown her on a cart and he would have been, he would have been fine. It works. Katara gets arrested. And then we get to see this really cool prison ship. It is very uh, Howl's Moving Castle vibes to me. Ooh, I was getting, I was getting slight Blade Runner vibes with the with all the speckled lights in the in the control tower, the giant control. Yeah, tower. for sure. But I'm talking about like uh, the shape of the oh, rig. Listen, I, oh, in my, the ocean. My Blade Runner vibes are very weird, and I do not expect other people to have my Blade Runner vibes. They are mine. There are many others like them, but these Blade Runner vibes, uh, they mine. It's this awesome, awesome rig out in the middle of the ocean, which, all right, I got to talk about it. I know they're going to drag me to fucking Lake Laogai. Wait, wait. No, no. We're talking about this. We're talking about this. This is the dumbest part of the movie, y'all. This scene is one of the one of the more iconic episodes they focus on in the movie. There are the earthbenders are being oppressed, and it's this whole town full of earthbenders. And what is there? All around them? It's a bunch of dirt! It's a bunch of fucking dirt! In the in the show, they're on a barge in the middle of the ocean. They are literally powerless. It's a part of the whole reason that they are the way they are. It makes perfect, logical sense. And then Shyamalan just took that and went, Hey, it's like too cheap. It's too expensive to get like a big old boat thing. So, so they could just be like on a hill, right? For Christ's sake. All right, rant over. Uh, the movie never happened. Uh, what movie? I don't know what you're talking about. I just came back from a great spa day in Lake Laogai. It was awesome. I am honored to accept his invitation. We come in on to this rig as Appa is flying over the ocean. And I just want to say real quick, Aang looks worse than Appa did after Aang was kidnapped by the Fire Nation in the second episode. <laughs> uh-huh. He is beside himself. His- we're introduced to the warden. Hey, folks, it's George Takei. It's it's Sulu. Oh, my. He's not playing Sulu. He's a he's a mean, nasty man. The warden. Yeah, he's a he's a mean, nasty warden man. The warden. It's like, I am the warden. 
I will treat you like a guest in yeah. my house as long as you treat me like a gauss guest treats their master. <laughs> He's like, you will be a guest in my home. I always flog my guests before tea. Some poor, poor chap yeah. uh, mistakenly coughs during his little welcome to the neighborhood speech. He coughs and uh, Sulu's like, hey! What kind of guest dishonors his host by interrupting him? We need to protect ourselves from COVID-19. And he basically torches this guy. Right? Everyone now, all the prisoners in line are like, gosh, now everyone has to have their temperatures taken. Yeah. Everyone needs to self-quarantine yeah. you have delayed, for 14 days. You have delayed the proceedings by at least two hours. Katara finds Haru, and Haru's like, how did you find me? And Katara's like, we did a swindle. We did it. We did a grift. You know, the, the classic grift. That good old pretender earthbend so you can get arrested by firebenders grift. It was a good swindle. I played the the aggressor and I did a good job. I acted and it was acting. Oh, well, you're so smart, Katara. <laughs> now we're both in prison. Great. Thanks. He's like, well, great. But what's your plan now? And she goes, well... The plan was to find you, and now I I found you. And he's like, oh, dear God. Katara. What have you done? What have you done? So Haru's father just wants to keep his people safe. Uh, He explains this while he dishes out some soup to Katara. He's like, here, I made you some, some dinner. She takes it, and she sips it, and she makes this grimace. She's like, oh, God. And he's like, is it that is it that bad? Like it looks like he's genuinely like gonna be hurt. And she's like, like very rude. I'm pretty sure his reaction is could be worse. Yeah. There is there is a way to pretend to appreciate something while saving face, and this is not that. As a child, if my mother had made me Brussels sprouts and she worked really hard on them to make them tasty and Mm -hmm. and I hated Brussels sprouts as a kid, and I would I'd eat them and go. Oh, they're great, Mom. Oh, they're delicious. Because I love my mommy, and I want her to know that I appreciate her cooking for me. So, uh, but the people are broken. But Katara, she won't listen. She's like, nah, brah. I know these people seem hopeless and broken, but I am a teenage girl. And they've never seen a teenage girl before. And so she grabs her, she grabs, I don't know what, trash can lids? She grabs some trash can lids and she goes up there and she claps them together and she's like, Every child in my water tribe village was rocked to sleep with stories of the brave Earth Kingdom. She like goes on this big rant and she rolls her diplomacy check. She's like, all right, here we go. This is it. DM gave me advantage. Here we go. She got two dice. Fucking boom. Snake eyes. Nothing. She whiffs both of them. Yeah, this this speech is just like, you know what? It reminds me of Aang's kind of exit speech when he was trying to get away from the feast with Boomy. Yeah. Uh, stay safe, kids, and peace and love and respect your neighbors. And, <laughs> and she's just like, they, they can't take away your courage and it runs deeper than any ocean or mind or a strength of your heart. <laughs> Mic drop. Katara be... Mark. 
Katara be busting out these siloquies like Bill fucking Shakespeare, dog. She thinks she's uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda. She probably stands there for like a second after and she goes, yeah, I fucking nailed that. I nailed that. That was great. And then waits for the slow clap to pick up and uh, waits for it. And she's she's like, oh, it's it's going to start. It's going to start any second. I I can hear it coming. Here comes. No, nobody cares. In this moment, I think she really realizes the true breadth of the problem. They're broken. They're broken people. And a little speech from some little Girl Scout do-gooder is not enough to rise them from their hopeless slumber. Just like when Hermione came to the realization with Spew saving prisoner earthbenders of war. Uh, I came up with um, puke. Puke. People for the underprivileged kingdom of Earth. She's kind of heartbroken in that moment. These people really kind of let her down, which honestly isn't really fair to them because she doesn't really even understand them. No. The guy, the old man says that pretty much right off the bat. He's like, we have people's lives to worry about here. We're not we're not going to take any chances. We can't take any chances. We then find out that this prison that is apparently a an impenetrable fortress is incredibly easy to sneak into because Appa, a giant sky bison shows up and Sokka and Aang just sort of slip in as a matter of course. They just, whatever. Uh, they would, two of them, in fact, see Appa and there's a little bit of a discrepancy be- between what Appa could be. Well, sir, it looked like a flying bison. What? It was a giant flying buffalo, sir. And Sulu, George Takai, is like, well, which is it? A buffalo or a bison? These are crucial details. And he's like, I don't really think that that's the important detail of the story. I'll decide what the point is, fool. And then he throws him off the freaking bridge. And I'm pretty sure that guy dies. But um, you know what? Uh, like the Monty Python. A- what is the velocity of a cabbage-laden bison? <laughs> Southern Air Temple or Northern Air Temple? <laughs> So then we get uh, our our reprise, our sequel to the It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia episode. The gang does a swindle, but bigger. Katara's 12 hours are up, and she's not wanting to leave, so she, of course, has something for sleeve. They do the thing with the with the with the pipes and the bending and the stuff and the the ear, the giant ears, but they do it bigger and better. And without all of the personally hurtful insults to Sokka this time. <laughs> Sokka's the one making the plan this time around, and he's like, all right, we're not going to say anything about anybody's ears. That's well, the rule. Well, when they're thinking about what could they possibly do, and everyone's contributing some ideas. Yeah, they're all they're, throwing, shooting around some thoughts. They're workshopping it. Yeah. Aang's contribution. Boy, I sure wish I knew how to make a hurricane. <laughs> Aang's just like, boy, I wish I could you know, have the power of the gods. It's like Aang walks into a, a hospital and he's like, boy, it sure would be great if I could cure all illnesses. Man, wouldn't that be great? Thanks. That All that did was waste the oxygen in the room, Aang. That's all that did. <laughs> yeah. Katara gets chased onto the top of this, onto the top of this vent and all the firebenders are, you're one mistake away from dying where you stand. Boom. 
big old pile of coal pops up out out of the out of the vent, and everybody's eyes go wide. And Ang shows up, and Katara's standing on this pile of coal, and she's she holds one up, and she's like, "Now I look, I got you your fucking Earth, okay? Take it. Your fate is in your own hands." Jeez, I even took all the red skittles out of it. Okay, I I all the. Your exacting specifications. I got your coal. I got your earth. All right. Uh, do your thing. Now, d- come on, bend. It, bend for me, benders. It's like uh, during the episode of SpongeBob where Plankton kidnaps SpongeBob. Plankton is doing everything he can to try and placate SpongeBob to create the perfect conditions for him to recreate. Oh, here you go. You got everything you need. And the benders are like, <laughs> <laughs> Can you move the pile of coal over there? It looks like everything is is thrown against the wall. Uh, Sulu goes on this big, really sweaty tirade about how, oh, your hope is gone and you failed. Some proverbial audience member throws their shoe at George W. Bush. I mean, <laughs> throws a rock at, at the warden. Yeah, he in, in, inadvertently, <laughs> by trying to... Put down Katara and make fun of a little girl. Everyone is feeling their checks today. She didn't crit feel, but she also thought that, oh, it's just as simple as getting them coal and things would be fine. The warden does this thing that other the villains do in movies all the time that I don't understand, which is he has to just sit there and insult them to their face and provoke them. Like... See, Katara, look at how worthless and weak and dirty and nasty and silly and foo-foo they are. They're just a bunch of wussies. And the Earthbenders are like, hey, man, knock it off. After that, um, the Earthbenders bust out some mad earthbending. There's some really cool shit in this fight. We see the flames hit the coal and we see the coal glow. And then they use that, like, smoldering coal as a, as a, as as ammunition the show always finds really clever ways to use the elements in sort of lockstep with each other at the conclusion of the fight pyro ends by taking this giant pile of coal with the warden and the rest of his crew on it's top. dope it's dope and he'd be like i can swim he's like wait i can't swim don't do this and uh he's like don't worry i hear cowards float air horns it's it's awesome and uh, they all fall into the water. And I guess that means they're dead. It's confusing. They just sort of go about their day like they just won. And those people aren't all still alive and probably climbing ladders. Anyway. Everyone is so happy and is like, thanks for saving us, Katara. And she was like, oh, you know, it was just the coal. And Hara's like, no, girl, it was you. <laughs> Tyro is... You help me find my courage. And all of a sudden, since when did Katara become the Wizard of Oz? <laughs> you you help me find my heart. And you help me find my courage and then some to guy, help lead these people. Some guy jumps up like in the back and he's like, you help me find my spleen. It was missing and I couldn't find it. <laughs> so now it's time. We're going to do our favorite segment of the show. Experience points. Uncle, do you realize what this means? I won't get to finish my game. Shouldn't there be a board or some pieces or something to jangle? I won Dungeons and Dragons, and it was advanced. Evil? 
or maybe chaotic neutral. The Demogorgon! We're deep shit. You've been shot by an arrow. Ow! Well, there'd be penalties to her experience if she acted out of alignment. Let's get into experience points. This is a part of the show where we do... Uh, we award the critical fail and the critical success, the nat one and the nat 20 of the episode. I'm actually going to give my crit fail to Egg for the <laughs> yeah. uh, failed mannequin challenge. Oh, it's and, the worst. Uh, this pose, totes natural. Yeah. We got this, fam. I am going to give, I'm going to give a natural one to uh, the Fire Nation guards. Let's see Momo under a boulder. And immediately, instead of the person who just yelled fi- uh, earthbending style and throws her fist up in the air, it's it's like the DM just needs to get Katara onto the ship so that the plot can move forward. And he goes to roll for the guards to see if they buy it. And they roll so poorly that he's like, well, fuck, I don't know. what They think the, they think the lemur did it. And they're like, oh, yeah, the lemur. Zaka's like, oh, dear God. All right. So I I say, no, it's the girl. And and the DM's just like, yeah, right, fine, fine. Okay, we're, we're at the ship now. So my uh, Nat 20 goes to Sokka, who was the only voice reason throughout the entire episode. True. And his pinnacle moment was when he's like, who knew that Sokka was a scientist? You know what? I really, really think that Bill Nye would be very proud. Yeah. When you put air into a vent really fast and it'll it'll, it'll it'll blow sky high wow bill blow sky high bill, bill 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 bill, 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 bill. <laughs> now we've assaulted the microphone with our nostalgia bill nye earthbending guy <laughs> my natural 20 goes to my boy haru this uh one episode wonder this uh this one shot Husbando Bishi of a man uh, gets my natural 20 because Katara finishes her speech and Haru's like, I want to, I want to do something. What do you want to do? I want to earth bend. What are you going to earth bend? I think I just want to hit him in the face with a, with some coal. All right, roll it. Fucking nails it. He hits Sulu square in the face and it's not, he makes it clear to the DM. He's like, I'm not intending to do any HP damage. I just want to insult him. I just want to make him get mad. Ooh, we it's the it's a part one. We're going to do a two-parter, folks. This is going to be exciting. So, The Spirit World, Winter Solstice, part 1. Aang and his friends visit a village being terrorized by an angry spirit. Iroh is captured by Earth Kingdom soldiers. Oh man, we're going to get some 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 great Iro and some dank spirits. Just gotta say, IMDB these summaries succinct to the point. We're going we're going to sleep, folks. We've had a lot of fun recording, and we'll be right back at you next week with another episode. So we'll see you then. Be safe. Peace and love. Bye. Giant-eared Cretan!